This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, hello. <laughs> Back in the land of the living. Where is she? There she is. There I is. How are you? <laughs> How are you? Oh, all right, I suppose. I'm all right, but I'm no good, as my cousin used to say. Um, yeah, I get hit, man. You do, though. Like, you just don't get, yeah, get a yeah. little bit. You go all out. You no, do everything that well. <laughs> it's no half measures with me. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not just like... I don't feel well. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I got nailed. Um, Three, four days in the bed. Didn't know if it was daytime or nighttime. Didn't know nothing. I hope you had somebody (laughs) to kind of pamper you a little. Well, (laughs) if, you know, getting the occasional glass of water or whatever is. (laughs) After being uh, begged. Yes. Okay. Literally, I couldn't eat. Couldn't drink. Nothing. I was just like. Anyway, but you're on the mend. mend. That's good. That's good. Thank you, by the way, for Mr. Richard Duggan and um, Brian Callahan, of course, for stepping in. Oh, yeah. As they do from time to time. I appreciate that. Thank you both. Uh, so, um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that. Well, we're, this is the last Monday before Christmas, Linda. So my mind is just yeah, one week on away. Everything that I have to do, and it's all over the place. Well, imagine coming out of your four-day stupor, yeah, and going, "Oh my gosh!" Right? Because that, that I means had that you can't do anything. <sighs> yeah, I've been set back tremendously. So now you're going to be just go, 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 like after As work. much as I can possibly be. Yeah, without yeah. jeopardizing, you know, your wins and your health right now. So you just uh, have to take it easy, but still get everything done. Yeah, it's, be it's, uh, yeah it's uh, daunting. I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, because you go through that little Rolodex in your mind like this, 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 yeah. this, this. And it just keeps going. And, you know, the more, you know, I, I keep thinking back to, I'm sure, um, was it da- uh, Janine Hubbard? Because she was, all, you know, always a, a great guest on, on VOCM. And I remember her in conversations in past, stop trying to be perfect. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> right? No, Sorry, like, I gave that up. I gave that pursuit up quite some time ago. I mean, you could really nitpick all the little things that do they really need to be done? Like just because there's one whole set of lights on the bottom of my tree not working, does that really matter in the big scheme of things? It's spending time with your loved ones. That's what matters yeah. and what people will remember. They're not going to remember, they will know, that a whole set of lights aren't working on your tree. <laughs> um, you know, um, you were talking about that, and it puts me in mind of that uh, Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Christian Wig. Is that her name? I'm not Absolutely sure. Absolutely hilarious. I'll have anyway, to look that one so up. this this whole thing where the kids are singing and dancing, and the father saying, "I got a this, and I got a that, and yeah. I got a this, and I got a robe." <laughs> and that's all she got. Yeah. And the dog got more than she did under the oh. tree. But anyway. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. Anyway. Um, so we've got weather coming. Yes. And it's not going to be nice, especially for parts of Labrador and on the west and southwest coast of the province. So what did I do? I gave Mr. Uh, David Neal with Environment Canada a jingle. Here's, ooh, ooh. 
I don't have it in front of me. What am I doing at all? Just one second. Now I'm a little bit out of my in out of my uh, element here. Let me know if you'd like me to jump in. Yeah, but that's fine. I've got it now. Okay. So uh, I gave David Neal a, a jingle. Here's what he had to say. Well, good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, good. So um, just prior to uh, coming on the air here, you were telling me you're having a bit of a busy day. It's, uh, yeah, it's certainly been uh, been quite a Monday so far. It's uh, looking at this storm, obviously, well, we've been uh, we've been keeping our eye on this one since uh, since last week, but uh, as we know, we'll get uh, through the weekend, come in first thing Monday, and it's uh, it's uh, staring us in the eyes. So it's uh, certainly looks like it's going to be a very, very tangly, uh, tangly storm that we're dealing with. So what are we looking at right now? Uh, so as it stands right now, uh, we have um, um, several warnings in effect. Uh, basically, we have a mix of rainfall and wind warnings uh, from southwestern Newfoundland up to southeastern Labrador. Uh, we also have a rainfall warning in effect for western Labrador with this system. Uh, so what we can expect uh, right now, it is uh, we are seeing some uh, some some rain in uh, western Labrador. We are expecting that uh, this uh, this area of rain to basically progress towards the north and towards the east. Uh, as we go through uh, go through the night tonight, uh, with that uh, looking at some uh, significant rainfall amounts, um, really especially over sort of southwestern and parts of western Newfoundland, where we expect the heaviest rain to pick up. The big issue with this system is that we have one low pressure system, one storm that's moving um, kind of in the vicinity of western Labrador through the day, uh, uh, through tonight and into tomorrow. But there's another system well to the south that's also making its way up. And, and the two of them, that area of rain is kind of really in between both of those systems. And, and what ends up happening is is in southwestern and western Newfoundland, the rain with the first system and then, and then basically the rain associated with the second, there's really not a lot of break between the two. And we're looking at some very, very heavy rainfall with that uh, with this, uh, this system. So we're looking at uh, a very significant rainfall event for those areas of the island. What kind of numbers are we looking at? Uh, well, as, it, uh, as we're looking right now, we're getting ready to uh, to update uh, the warnings here later this afternoon. But uh, some of the amounts are uh, fairly, quite highly variable. But uh, it looks like right now a lot of the models are coming into uh, into agreement that uh, parts of southwestern Newfoundland could see uh, a wide range of amounts. Uh, we're looking at a possibility of, of into the hundreds in terms of rainfall totals. Uh, areas near the coast could see amounts in kind of the 100 to 200 millimeter range, but then as you get inland, uh, those amounts could be quite a bit higher, could see amounts of uh, possibly 300 millimeters or more. Uh, and that's going to be from uh, late tonight or early tomorrow uh, all the way through to Thursday. So what we're seeing is that the area of rain, it may meander a little bit. The, the, the heavier amounts may taper to more of like a light rain drizzle at times, but for the most part, that area of the island is going to be into pretty much persistent uh, rain, which will be heavy at times uh, over the course of that period. As we go a bit further north uh, in towards uh, parts of western Newfoundland, going from like Bay St. George up to Gross Morning and into the Deer Lake area, expecting amounts to be a little less, but we are still uh, thinking that uh, some of the amounts, especially inland and over higher terrain, uh, could be as well into the uh, into the low hundreds uh, as well. So looking at some very significant rainfall and a significant warm-up. Along with this, we are expecting some strong uh, south to uh, 
southerly winds, uh, generally ranging anywhere from southeast to southwest. Uh, so we uh, do have those wind warnings in effect. Parts of the west coast that tend to see uh, uh, enhancement in southeasterly winds, thinking about Wreck House and, and other areas along the west coast, uh, seeing gusts uh, upwards of anywhere from 120 to 140 kilometers an hour, and even Wreck House could could get to be stronger than that uh, possibility of seeing some uh, some gusts to 160 there. Uh, so a lot of things to consider with this uh, with this storm as it uh, as it approaches. And of course, this is the busy travel season. People trying to get home for Christmas. Um, I see Marine Atlantic has cancelled its crossings for today and tonight. Uh, uh, what other impacts might this weather have? Uh, well, certainly looking in those areas that are uh, we're expecting the high high rainfall amounts, those those very very high amounts, uh, you're looking at uh, significant possibility of uh, of quite a bit of water pooling on the roads, some road erosion uh, on the shoulders of the roads, also possibility of uh, of road washouts and uh, and things like that. Uh, you could see some uh, uh, other areas that could be uh, you could see some uh, localized flooding uh, with those with those types of rainfall amounts and with this type of situation. So uh, certainly, yeah, the travel season that doesn't uh, this uh, this doesn't help. That's for sure uh, for people trying to uh, try and get home, especially anyone coming along through the ferry, as you mentioned, uh, with with the uh, crossings being canceled. Um, but yeah, certainly uh, other other things to consider in terms of that that amount of rain, uh, even though it is spread over uh, over a few days, it uh, uh, could lead to some uh, some significant issues in terms of uh, in terms of flooding and and uh, issues with the with the highways and when can we start to see relief uh, it's, this one's going to take a while. Uh, this uh, this is going to stick around. Now, some of those areas in Labrador I mentioned, the storm does kind of, that, that first area does go through. Southeastern Labrador, you could still see rain lingering into Wednesday over some areas. Um, but on the island, particularly western Newfoundland, uh, just where I mentioned the two, uh, the two separate systems and that rain, the rain kind of sticks around really into uh, into Thursday, uh, especially in uh, those areas in southwestern and western Newfoundland that I mentioned. As we get a little bit more towards the end of the week, there's still a lot of uncertainty with how this storm is going to move and how it's going to behave. Uh, but there is um, some indication that we uh, could get uh, get on the colder in, back into the colder air, and uh, some parts of uh, parts of the province could get into some uh, some heavier snowfall, possibly some freezing rain as well. That's getting more into kind of more into like late Thursday and into Friday time frame. So this this storm sticks around for a while and. Uh, it could be uh, could be pretty well the rest of the work could be with us pretty much for the for the rest of the work week. And if you have travel plans, keep an eye uh, closely on the weather. Absolutely, uh, certainly uh, with uh, with this as uh, and of course we we mentioned the uh, the ferry uh, crossing cancellation, so already seeing some uh, some impacts with this storm before uh, before it gets to us and. Uh, Certainly, there's uh, some other. Uh, there'll be other implications as we get through the week in terms of people trying to travel around. So, certainly, uh, any any areas that are under these rainfall warnings, even just you know being on the roads and, and going from say community to community or just just being on the roads at all, um, uh, certainly would uh, would recommend against that. Uh, just because if that uh, that rainfall starts to pick up and you get those higher amounts, uh, uh, you get water pooling on the roads. It's uh, you know you're never certain how deep that could be if you get into those areas. So um, definitely even even just 
just general, just driving, you know, between communities or within uh, within these communities, it's uh, uh, definitely keep an eye on the forecast and keep an eye on your uh, your current conditions. David Neal, uh, appreciate all your hard work. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Thank you. So nasty few days until this all starts to clear off uh, Thursday at the earliest. So uh, if you have travel plans over the coming days, especially if it takes you to the west coast of the province or through the west coast of the province or uh, parts of Labrador, be wary. And how many people are going to be having those really big outdoor Christmas displays? You know, like the reindeers and stuff that you get at the big box stores. Like oh, the big, yeah, 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 like uh, they're all snowmen and all that stuff brought in or just batten down kind of thing. Well, uh, winds uh, in the 120 to 140 range. And gusting. did it say 160 in the uh, rec house? 160 in the rec house. Yeah. We've seen that before. We've seen that in the last little while, I think, uh, over the last year or so anyway. Uh, but, I mean, that, you know, that's hurricane force. So that will Blow. stop any tractor trailers from going yes, through, that's for exactly. sure. Uh, it will also stop Marine Atlantic. Marine Atlantic is not running today or tonight and uh, likely will be the case tomorrow. We'll keep an eye on that for you. Um, so if you've got packages, parcels coming, uh, pa- packages, parcels sent out, uh, guess what? <laughs> oh, there's going to be a lot of requests on Facebook. Do you see my package? It says it was delivered here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, just be mindful of the weather. Uh, at least it's going to be on the warm side. Oh, yeah. As opposed to winds. bitterly mm-hmm. cold. So if you lose the power, it won't be as bad bad <laughs> now, question mark you know seven degrees is still cold in the house mm-hmm. uh if you know what i'm saying but um anyway uh be mindful of all of that and be prepared uh if you can at the very least well coming up for the first time in 15 years newfoundland and labrador is back on equalization this is news talk on vocm <laughs> Ring in the new year with a special edition of the Irish Newfoundland Show, 9 p.m. New Year's Eve. And we are back. Well, Newfoundland and Labrador is receiving equalization money for the first time since 2008. Equalization is a complicated formula made to ensure that all provinces are able to supply the same basic level of services right across the country. Finance Minister Siobhan Cody spoke with reporters earlier today, including VOCM's Richard Duggan. Well, certainly we received the letter this week, which we do every year around Christmas time, as to how much the federal government will be giving the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, next year, we're anticipating approximately $1.1 billion to come from the federal government. As uh, as you know, equalization is a formula that the federal government uses and has been for decades that looks at an equivalent level of service for the equivalent level of taxation across the country. This year, for the first time since 2007, based on a slight change in the formula that was made, Newfoundland and Labrador will receive approximately $218 million under equalization. Now, we did ask for you know substantial changes to the equalization formula based on the fiscal capacity cap and, and you know making sure that we're also recognizing the geographic size of Newfoundland and Labrador and the, the cost of delivering services. They weren't made, those changes weren't made, but we are receiving 
saving a slight amount. Now that uh, we may not receive that into the future, so we can't we can't look at that in terms of longevity because it is a, a change. The formula does look at certain changes with it's a complex formula, so it does look at certain changes. But this year we will, will receive 218 million dollars. Now I'm going to compare that to Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia will receive uh, 3.3 billion dollars in equalization. They're going to receive Newfoundland and Labrador is going to receive 1.1 billion dollars in total. That's for the Canada Health Transfer, the Social Transfer, and Equalization. 1.1 billion. Nova Scotia, 5.1 billion from the federal government. So you know there are still challenges we we feel with the uh, with the equalization formula, but nonetheless we will receive this in the next year an additional 218 million dollars. We had anticipated there was a slight change, as I said, there were a few technical changes to equalization made, uh, and we had anticipated that we could possibly receive some, but it's not that's not in the fiscal forecast because because we didn't have any certainty in it. So it was an additional 218 million dollars. But the demands here in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador are great. Without that change, that's it's it's, it's they made three small technical changes to the formula, and because of those small technical changes, we actually will dip into um, 218 million dollars in equalization. Now, in years to come, that may not be the case. It, it is an you know the, it is the way the the formula is is uh, comprised. So we're not in, we don't know if we'll receive it into the future, but we are anticipating it. They've told us we should we will receive it in 2024-25. That's a positive thing. Anytime we receive additional money, it's a positive thing. The amount of money we receive from the federal government, as I said, will be 1.1 billion dollars. 1.1 billion next year. Uh, that's comprised of the Canada Health Transfer. So there's a slight, small increase in the Canada Health Transfer, a very small increase in the Social Transfer, and they're completely allocated. The equalization money comes into general revenue. Revenues, and in budget time, we'll, just, we'll determine how we're going to uh, utilize that money. But I can tell you that health and, and social services are taking up a tremendous amount of our budgetary requirements every year, uh, in particular health and, uh, and education. So there you go. Uh, for the first time since 2008, Newfoundland and Labrador will receive equalization in 2024-25 to the tune of $218 million. And uh, while there's no guarantee we will continue to receive equalization after next year, uh, it is hoped that some uh, changes that the provincial government had been seeking from the federal government in terms of how that uh, equalization is calculated... Uh, um, will be made, and therefore um, that will qualify us for equalization uh, yet again. Uh, so it is an interesting uh, situation. When we came off uh, equalization, what is it? Sunday the sh sun will shine and have-not will be no more. And the have-not provinces receive equalization where the have provinces don't. And we had not been receiving any equalization since uh, 2008 um, under uh, Danny Williams back way, way back then. So uh, there you go, 15 years and we're back on equalization, $218 million. Well, if you have any thoughts on that, you are certainly welcome to give us a call. Um, the sharp rise in anti-Semitism since the start of the Israel-Hamas war in October has prompted growing pressure for the federal government to introduce 
introduce its planned bill to protect citizens from online harm. Criticism last year saw Liberals send its initial plans for the bill back to the drawing board. Federal Justice Minister Arif Virani tells the Canadian press he hopes to bring the final bill forward next year. And there has been a uh, profusion of uh, not just anti-Semitism, but hate as a whole uh, and rise in hate, especially online and through social media, with many calling for some form of um, uh, action to curb uh, that proliferation. Uh, especially nowadays uh, with um, the rise of AI and the like and, uh, you know, the um, bad actors, so to speak, uh, who are uh, working to um, entrench uh, extremist views and um, uh, divide people on various topics and issues. Uh, so it is of uh, great concern to lawmakers in particular. Well, uh, when we come back after the news, a placentia woman speaking out about her son's lifelong struggle with addiction and mental health after his body was found dumped on a road south of Fort McMurray last week. We'll speak with Margie Hatfield after the news. This is News Talk on VOCM. Make a request anytime by calling 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. And your request just might win you a cozy VOCM winter toque. Your Merry Christmas station. Your VOCM. And we are back. Well, this is a very sobering tale indeed. A placentia woman speaking out about her son's lifelong struggle with addiction and mental health after his body was found dumped on a road south of Fort McMurray last week. Margie Hatfield speaks with me now about her son, Mark O'Keefe, and what he's gone through. Well, Margie, I I wish we were speaking under different circumstances, but uh, tell us a little bit about your son, Mark. Mark, uh, Mark has had a lot of struggles in his life. Uh, he, he he turned to drugs, street drugs. Um, he trafficked in street drugs, and uh, he he got in lots of trouble. Uh, you know, I, I, he had a lot of mental anguish every time that he tried to to quit the drugs, uh, depression. Um, would would hit him and he would go back. He struggled from about 17 until he was in his 30s. At 18, he went to Ontario to go to school and he went into what's called a psychotic episode and it was real drug-induced, borderline schizophrenic. And something he took at that time put him heavier into the drugs than ever he was. And he spent six months in a psychosis before he started to get better. When he got better uh, and um, moved on with life and got some education, was, was happy, and then he got into the coke and needles. He he got himself out of that. He went cold turkey. It took himself out of everything and um, married his wife. Well, they had three children, and his life was going wonderful, wonderful. He was working a nice job up in Alberta, 
uh, and him and his partner moved to Alberta, and that's where their two youngest kids were born. I, I went to Alberta a year and a half ago to spend a month with with him, and he, he wanted me to come up. But while I was there, I observed that little dalliances were were taking place, and, and I suspected that he was doing some drugs, but not to a large degree. But he had a lot of mental anguish again. And uh, I don't know what was bringing that on, but he tried. He he went on the suboxone program. He went on uh, um, sleeping pills. Uh, so he he really wasn't coming off of the drugs. He was just replacing them with various other meds. He cried out this past twelve months. He he was getting. He fell over the stairs in February for number one and broke his foot. He was given painkillers. He went into a a, a seizure, an episode of seizures, and wiped his whole memory. And that was all from drugs. And he went deeper and deeper and deeper, and the drug situation uh, was an injection. He, I think, I think, and we've talked about it. I, I think that um, Linda, that that um, he couldn't get out of the hole he was in. Some of the things that he did while under the influence, and uh, things that he did that was manipulated by drug dealers uh, and threatened by drug dealers. And his last words, actually, to me were. He needed. He called me looking for a hundred dollars. They're coming to get me, mother, and I need a hundred dollars. And I said, No, Mark, I don't have money that the spare. I'll help your family, but I'm not giving money to you for drugs. And he said, Well, I guess I'm gone then. And that was he went missing. That five minutes after my phone call with him on Tuesday of this week. So what do you know about the circumstances of his of his passing? Um, what, I, what I know is that that was the call he made to me as a last-ditch effort. Uh, the, the drug people had been pursuing him for money. Uh, on the phone, when he said that they were coming for him, unless I sent him $100, that would get, I guess that would buy him time. And when I refused... He had um, he had um, been jobbing here and jobbing there at this point uh, to get enough money to pay the dealers a bit every day, but it, uh, he was he was running out of options in terms of payment or access, so he was in a lot of pain. His wife suggested his wife told me that he's been beating his head on the wall in pain and turmoil and. I know from many conversations that I have had with him that that he was in mental anguish worse than he has ever been in his life because his family was threatened. His family was being threatened. And and that was giving him so much turmoil and he suggested to me that he was going to commit suicide. I'm gonna take myself out of this mother and make it easier. And he, he always 
called me mother, and when he when he said mother, uh, I know that he's in deep pain. My, you know, my brother had helped him with money before. My his brother has helped him before to get out, get out of this, and and he just kept. I guess the fact that he owed money, they were trying to get him to do some things that he didn't want to do, but he wanted to protect his family. And it all comes down to uh, he went missing shortly after my phone call. And his wife got up and, and said to me, uh, or said, looked around the house, and she said, where'd Mark go? Because he's, he's never away from home. He goes to work, and the kids are waiting happily for him to get home. He's God. He's such a great father. He he loved his children so much, and he had a happy life, and they had a they had a family life there together. And and he didn't want the drug world, but he was already already too far in to climb out. And and uh, his goal, his goal during the last couple of months was to protect his family. He was in pain, mental anguish. I, I know it. Uh, uh, I know that he was under fear. And when he said, you know, "That's it, mother. I guess I'm gone. I'm gone then." And uh, his wife, his wife. Uh, Called me that evening. Well, the kids call me every evening around five thirty, and I do Facetime with him. And and uh, his wife wanted to come on and talk to me when they were done. And she came on and she said, "Margie, I'm really worried. I'm really worried about Mark, and and I don't know what I'm going to do." And she said, "And he's been missing now." She said for uh, something like four or five hours. And I said, well, you know, he could be gone anywhere. No, Margie, he goes to the store, he comes back. If he's not gone to work, he's not gone from the house any more than 10 minutes. And he had gotten so desperate that he, he didn't have any, he didn't have any drug money. So he was, um, he was, um, oh my. He was big Moore's deal situation, but he spent all his time home with his wife and his children, and he would run out occasionally and meet these guys and and get money, and he took out his pension at work, and he paid them off. He, he uh, sold everything that they had accumulated. You know, he had bikes and trikes and the girls all had their own motocross bikes and he took them, riding them and the trails and stuff and, and he sold it all to pay off the dealers and uh, at the end of the day they took him because when his wife said to me on Tuesday evening I'm worried I had already, I'd been worried since he went to Alberta, to be quite honest with you, but uh, I was afraid it was just going to bring him further down, further down because of the history of gangs and gang wars. And my neighbor's son was found dead in a trail up there last year. And, uh, you know, that, that hasn't been resolved yet. Uh, he's a beautiful young man. And I expected that that was going to be a similar end for Mark. 
And when she said she had, uh, when she said that she had, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. When she said that she um, fears that he was gone so long, then my heart started racing, and I, uh, I, I knew something was going on. I would figured he was going to come back with broken legs or arms or something, you know. And uh, fear kicked in and, and torment and torture. And uh, I hung up from talking to her. And I was at my workplace. And I went down to computer and I started searching uh, articles on gangs and drug dealers and things like that. And uh, an article popped up in front of me that there was a body lying in the street on the highway near Parsons Creek. And I, I read all the comments trying to ascertain if there was any kind of a description was going to come through there. And there was nothing. So then I called his wife. I, I got more details on, on the incident on the highway, and the more I found out, the more it was confirming that that was Mark. Passers by people who had stopped uh, to to see if they could revive him, and at supper time, or people were coming home from work and and seeing that the police were still active there, and certain roads were closed off, and like my gut was just, it's him. I know it's him. It's him. So I called his wife and I said, Chantel, what's going on up at Parsons Creek? Have you heard anything about us? Parsons Creek is 25 kilometers south of Fort McMurray. And that's where they found him. And further up the road was a truck that was burnt on a, on a tower road. Uh, I guess it's a, a woods path into a tower. And the truck was burned. All evidence, I guess, was burned in it. And they think that they're both related now that uh, we've we've come to get some information. Um he, uh, we call, I called his wife and, and I said, Chantel, and I asked her about Parsons Creek. And she said, I haven't seen anything. I'd be too worried and watching the door and waiting for Mark to get back. And, and at the same time, tormented that he might not be coming back. And she started calling the last number and she started doing things to try and find out was it Mark and, and, uh, I said, call the police. Call the police there and give them a description of Mark's tattoos and see if they can verify if it's him. Let's, let's do this through the process of elimination. We may be worrying that his body may be lying in the morgue, right? And uh, anyhow, when um, when she called the police, the officer said, I'll have another, I'll have one of the investigating officers contact you. And we waited four hours, and Chantel's aunt called the police and said, like, you know, we believe this to be her husband who's missing. Uh, the mother is here trying to piece together what happened to him, and we need answers. So that officer took the information of Mark's tattoos, and another four hours went by when she got the call, and it was confirmed that it was Mark. What do you know about the um, circumstances surrounding his death, How uh, his cause of death? 
shooting. She was shot. Cold blood thrown out of the truck onto the highway. He was an example for other people who owed money. That's it. And in one sense, that was fortunate. If there was anything fortunate about all of this, it's the fact that we can put him to rest. A lot of people uh, that that do get murdered are usually ones that are at, from. I've talked to a lot of people in Fort McMurray. I have a lot of family and friends there and have been there for years, and a lot of them are getting their families out of there because of the drug wars in Fort McMurray and the whole Western Canada. There are several groups that they're just her fours, and and, um, I guess Mark got cut somewhere in the middle of all of that. Margie Hatfield, uh, keep up the good fight. I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate yours as well. Thank you. And as you can see, uh, Margie wanted to talk uh, today, uh, so we gave her that opportunity, and talk she did. And we'll hear more about uh, plans to bring Mark's family home tomorrow morning on your VOCM Mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, so do stay tuned for that. Well, coming up, protesters turn up at MP Joanne Thompson's office calling for a ceasefire in Gaza and other measures. This is News Talk on VOCM. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. We are back. Well, the director of the CIA has met with Israel's Mossad Intelligence Agency and the Prime Minister of Qatar in Poland for their first known meeting since the end of a week-long ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. U.S. officials say the three discussed how to broker freedom for more hostages taken from Israel by Hamas militants on October the 7th. Israeli protesters have demanded the government relaunch talks with Hamas on releasing more hostages after three were mistakenly killed by Israeli troops. The work on the potential release of more hostages comes as the American and Israeli defense ministers meet in Tel Aviv, where U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said they discussed Israel's goals of the war as well as concerns about the number of civilian deaths in Gaza. And uh, the uh, world is watching very closely to see what happens there. Well, a rally was held today outside the office of MP Joanne Thompson calling on Ottawa to take a number of actions in the hopes of bringing about a ceasefire in Gaza. Megan Hutchings uh, spoke with VOCM's Jerry Lynn Mackey earlier today. Um, my name is Megan Hutchings and I'm a demonstrator here. Um, we're protesting uh, for Gaza outside of Joanne Thompson's office here today. Yeah, tell me what some of the signage says. Uh, so right now we have signs up to end the occupation, uh, lift the siege, uh, ceasefire, Yeah, basically a lot of the same things repeated, um, even though there was a ceasefire called uh, by the UNGA. Uh, Israel has not respected that, um, which is not really surprising, um, but still Canada is complicit um, in supplying arms, so we, we have some demands here. 
Yeah, tell me the demands. Yeah, uh, so we're wondering specifically for Joanne, as relates to us, uh, when will Canada's support for Israel end? When will Canada reimpose the arms embargo on Israel? How will Canada back up its words with actions regarding a ceasefire? Um, so these were some of the questions that we had planned to ask today. Uh, this is a national um, protest that's going on all across Canada. So we are, you know, with other provinces today asking our MPs to answer our questions uh, beyond the ceasefire that has been put up. We need more. We need more done. Yeah, why is this something that, you know, is important to you? Um, I mean, it's hard to witness, bear witness to these atrocities that are happening um, and also to know that Canada is complicit and we see so many MPs and repeat the same words of standing with Israel. Um, so it's really hard as, you know, just a human being to witness all this happening um, all the lives lost, and Canada is complicit in this genocide. And who's here? Is there, a, a, I guess, a demographic of people who are here? Is this a social justice coalition run, or who's behind this, I guess? Um, well, I, guess I would go with uh, the Palestinian youth movement. Is the um, We are following their demands and echoing uh, the concerns that they're bringing up. Um, but yeah, uh, Palestine, Solidarity, Newfoundland, um, we're, they've been rallying every week to bring awareness to this issue. So, and just general members of the public, uh, constituents of Joanne's, and we have several here who have emailed, called, no response. Joanne has been completely silent. Uh, so that's part of a uh, national uh, campaign to bring about a ceasefire in Gaza. Um, on a completely separate note, as we get to, towards the end of the program, um, let's talk about something happy. <laughs> Baby names. Okay. So in Ontario, um, they recently issued the top baby names um, in Ontario and they have remained relatively consistent for the last 14 years. Ooh. What's the top girl's name? Well, give me your letter. Oh, Olivia. Yes, Olivia. Uh, 14 years in a row, would you believe? Really? Yeah. So Ontarians really like the name Olivia. I'm uh, not sure what, if it's a similar thing here in Newfoundland and Labrador, but chances are because things, you know, tend to be trends, mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Um, and guess what the uh, most popular boy name in 2022? Uh, N. N? Yeah. Not Niles. No. <laughs> Hello, Niles. Um, N. Yeah. Nathan. Nope. Mm. Oh, this is hard. Oh, you were so close. Neil. No. <laughs> uh. Noah. Noah. Okay. Yeah, there were more <laughs> Noahs in 2022 uh. than other any other name for baby boys, claiming this, this top spot for the fourth year in a row and we have a noah among us we do he is off this afternoon sleeping no doubt we'll call him noel for christmas noel shepherd instead of noah there you go see what he <laughs> says about that 
uh, you'll probably hear a protest. But um, he did tell me, Noah, and someday ask him to tell you this story. Okay. Uh, He did tell me that there was a good chance that he was going to be named after a grandfather of his with maybe one of the best names ever. What is it? Shakespearean. Really? Yes. What? Romeo. Romeo Shepherd reading the news? Oh, Can you just imagine? Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I should have told you that. That's that's all that's in my head now, because I'm not going to call him Noah Shepherd anymore. There you go. Something. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, he wishes it was his name, but it's not. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I digress. We're out of time. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Do be careful out there, folks, especially in areas where we're going to get this uh, very heavy rainfall and very high winds. Uh, So uh, make sure everything you have is secure and uh, maybe, you you know, hold off on your travel plans for the time being. We'll be back tomorrow. Do join us then. Thanks for listening.